Welcome to Slapshot Podcast, episode number 38. I'm your host, Chris Formores. Thank you for being here. We back, baby. Let's go. Hey, I missed you guys. But it's time to talk hockey again. I hope you've had a great summer. I hope you're ready for hockey to return, because I am. I am excited. It's September, which means... There will be hockey games this month, and we can return to watching the best of the best play the greatest game on earth. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be talking about hockey again. Before we get into today's topic, uh, the last time we talked, man, playoffs were just starting. So round of applause to the Tampa Bay Lightning for winning the Stanley Cup. Congratulations to them. They've obviously earned it. As a Habs fan, it was devastating to be that close and at the same time be that far from winning the greatest trophy in sports, in my opinion. It was tough. It was really, really tough as a Habs fan. Like I said, man, some people go an eternity without watching their favorite team win a Stanley Cup. It's been a while since Montreal's even been in the conversation considering as well how they got there, the teams that they had to beat, the great play of so many key players, right? And it's just, again, it was tough. It was definitely tough. But again, round of applause to the Tampa Bay Lightning for winning it. Round of applause to the Seattle Kraken. Brand new team. Welcome to the NHL. Excited to have them be part of it. What an expansion draft that was as well. Shout out to all the players heading to Seattle. I'm excited to watch them play hockey, man. I feel like it was just yesterday that the Vegas Golden Knights were joining the NHL. And man, what a run that team has been on since being part of the league. I mean, Seattle's a great market for sports in general. I think they're going to be a great market for hockey as well. So shout out to them making it this far. And I'm excited to watch them play some hockey. Not going to lie. Dope jerseys as well. Dope team name. So many great things. But yeah, I just wanted to shout that out. Um, If you're brand new to the podcast, you've never listened. Okay. A, thank you for being here. I appreciate you a lot. You can go ahead and follow Slapshot Podcast on Twitter at Slapshot Podcast. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. It's on Podbean as well. It's on Stitcher. It's on the YouTube as well. Okay. If you follow the Twitter page, you'll get all the links of where you can go and follow the podcast. Okay. Make sure you go ahead and do that. If you're on YouTube, hit the sub button, ring the bell. Okay. And get all that there. Um, Man, I'm just, I'm excited for hockey to be back. That's it. I'm really excited. I'm really excited about today's conversation. It's kind of like, it's kind of weird that we're, you know, that I I knew in the back of my mind there were a lot of things going on towards the end of the year. I just, I, I, I didn't have time to do the podcast as, as much. And I, I did want it to go away because I love talking hockey, right? If you know me, you know how much I love talking hockey. And I will continue to do that because hockey is the greatest sport on earth. Um, I think what I'm going to do for this season for Slapshot Podcast is an episode every two weeks. I think that's fair. One every week. I just don't have the time commitment for it. But one every two weeks, I think, is fair. It allows me to keep a consistent schedule. And it allows you to be able to keep up with me as well. 
Um, will I miss certain things that happen? Yes, but we'll cover them when it happens. I'll give you my opinion. We'll talk a lot of fantasy hockey as well. Um, I, I think for September, I'll be able to do it once a week. I think that's fair. I can keep up with that. I know it's a busy month, but I'll be able to do just because there's so much that I want to talk about, specifically on the fantasy hockey side. It's coming up, but once we hit October, we're going to talk fantasy hockey or just hockey in general once every two weeks, and I think that's easier for us to keep up. So wherever you listen to the podcast, A, thank you for listening. If you're new here, like I said, thank you for being here. Go ahead and follow the podcast on your favorite platform so you can keep up. You get those new episodes downloaded straight to wherever you like to consume your podcasts, and I appreciate you right off the bat. All right, now that we've got that away, let's talk about what's going on here with the Montreal Canadiens, specifically one player in particular. You know where I'm going with this, right? We're going to talk about Yesberry Kotkaniemi and the offer sheet from the Carolina Hurricanes. If you're living under a rock, you have no idea what's going on, right? The Carolina Hurricanes clearly remember what Mark Bergevin did to them two years ago, which was submit an offer sheet for Sebastian Ajo. And while they've returned the favor, by submitting an offer sheet for Yasperi Kotkaniemi. And this is a very different one, okay? So Kotkaniemi was coming out of his entry-level deal, right? He's making 925, ba 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 ba, and Carolina's offered him 6.1 million dollars along with a $20 signing bonus, okay? His base salary is $6,100,015, 15 being his number. Uh, the $20 signing bonus is in reference to Sebastian Ajo's number, who wears number 20 for the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, there's a lot of shade being thrown here by the Carolina Hurricanes, obviously, right? They thought this through. And so did Yasperi Kotkaniemi, and so did his agent. Now, the Montreal Canadiens have seven days to match that offer or take the compensation. And the compensation is a first and third round pick. Okay? That's where we're sitting here. Now, keep in mind that this is a one-year deal for Kotkaniemi. So if the Montreal Canadiens accepts, right, Kotkaniemi's 21, so he's going to be an RFA again next season, which means his qualifying offer that the team submits to him, should they not come up with an agreement during the season is going to be $6.1 million. So in essence, it's a two-year kind of commitment at $6 million. Okay? This is how it's positioned. Now, let's get off the rip here. Is Jesperi Kakanyemi worth $6.1 million today? Absolutely not. But the Carolina Hurricanes also probably don't believe that as well. But they do know that it forces Montreal to take a position that they don't want which is to give Kotkaniemi a lot of money that he doesn't deserve and push Montreal right up against the cap. Not, I mean, not even against the cap, right over it, right? I mean, they already have have to use some of that long-term injury reserve, right? I mean, Shea Weber, uh, shout out to the man. It looks like he's never going to play hockey again, which is unfortunate. But, I mean, the man's been a warrior his entire career. His body's just falling apart. He is a Toyota Corolla with 500,000 clicks on it. Like, his, his body's gone through it all. So, I'm not surprised here, right? We knew he was dealing with stuff. He looked slow this season. 
I mean, he didn't look like himself in the playoffs, and now we know why. The man is just falling apart. And again, so it's unlikely that he plays again. They're just going to stash that contract on long-term injury reserve, and that's going to free up some space here so that, you know, and Montreal's used that cap space to be able to go out and do some things, right? They went out, they acquired Mike Hoffman, right? Signed him to a three-year deal. They went out and acquired Cedric Paquette, right? Matthew Perot, a couple of good uh, French-Canadian-speaking players. We know how much... Habs Media loves that. They signed those two players to a deal. They brought in David Savard, who I think they want to envision as the player who could... I mean, nobody's going to be Shea Weber, let's be honest, right? But, I mean, Savard, if he is 70% of what Shea Weber is, well, that's pretty good. And then you're going to rely on, I guess, Ben Sherratt, Joel Edmondson, uh, Brett Kulak, and the rest of the gang to kind of hold fort here, right? That's what you're looking for here. So, again, let's... Let me start by saying this for Kotke. I mean, a, round of applause to him for getting paid. Okay, NHL players. Let's remember what is what's the most what's the most cliche thing that a player and a team says about hockey. Right? It's a business, and it is at the end of the day, it's a business. And Kotkaniemi found somebody who was going to give him money, and he took it. Now, it doesn't matter how this like. I remember this, and, and OG Hab fans are going to remember this. Remember when Andre Markov was, needed a deal, right? A few seasons back, the Montreal Canadiens just couldn't come to an agreement with him. I remember because they signed Mark Streit, and I mean, he retired. We didn't even make it to December, right? But Mark Bergevay said something that kind of stuck with me a little bit. And he said, if you want loyalty, buy a dog, Right? Kind of saying that hockey's a business and loyalty doesn't matter. And I think he got a taste of that medicine today. Kotkaniemi doesn't owe the Montreal Canadiens and Mark Bergevin and Jeff Molson a single thing. He owes himself to get paid. And he did. And he found a team that was willing to dish out money. Whether it's out of spite, out of vengeance, it doesn't matter. They paid him. He signed the offer sheet because somebody was willing to give it. Now, Don Waddell obviously is trying to play a little hardball here. And he's trying to put a team up against the cap, right? For a one-year deal, I think Carolina will live with overpaying it because then that stacks their center core, okay? Because if you forgot, Sebastian Ajo plays center. That's your top C, okay? Kotkaniemi can slide into the second or third spot. doesn't matter. Jordan Stahl, the captain, also plays C. Vincent Trocek is a center, right? They signed Derek Stepan as well. He's a center. They got a lot of center depth. And adding a 21-year-old is never a bad idea. So, does again, it pushes Carolina up there. But to be honest, Carolina has money, right? That's not an issue. And they made it very clear. So, this is a... Say what you want about the contract. Whether he's worth the money or not makes is, is neither here nor there. Carolina is trying to squeeze a team and say, well, if you don't want him, then you'll let us take him. And if you do, it puts yourself, it puts your team in a bad situation. It's a this is a lose-lose deal for Montreal. Okay. But you got to take the lesser of two evils here. Now, Twitter has been infested with these hot takes about how Montreal should just let Kotkaniemi walk. And I think that is the boldest comment you can have to say, let's let a 21-year-old kid who was drafted third overall 
leave so we can get a garbage first-round pick. Because let's face it, Carolina's going to make it somewhere this season. So you're going to get a pick that's probably in the high 20s. And you're going to get a third-round pick. It doesn't make a difference. So you can let this kid walk and have nobody to replace him. Right? Think of what this offer sheet was signed. I mean, recently, a couple days ago. We're going to find out. By the time you may listen to this podcast and know exactly what's happened with Kak and Yemi. But as of today... Right, the Montreal Canadiens have nobody at center, and I'm sure Mark Bergevin's out there trying to shop and this and that. We've heard all the hot takes, man, all the hot takes. The Montreal media, English, French, all over it, man. Twitter, MB's probably talking to everybody, and that's fine. I expected him to take a full seven days to figure out what they're going to do here, as they should. By the way, this is a big decision for the team. But let's look at it on paper right now, okay? If you don't. Let's say you don't match the offer and you let Kotkaniemi walk and you take a first and a third round pick, okay? Here's the thing for me. The Montreal Canadiens were three games away from winning a Stanley Cup. Whether you agree that they should have been there or not, it's neither here nor there, that was the reality. And their team got worse, arguably, over the offseason because you lost Shea Weber and you can't replace that kind of talent. I think offensively, they got better, Right? A healthy Jonathan Drouin coming back to the lineup helps. The addition of Mike Hoffman helps. Cole Caulfield now getting a permanent full-time spot in the top six helps. Another year of Nick Suzuki being the absolute goat on this team helps. So I think they took one step back, but they took two steps forward. Offensively, they're a better team. I think defensively, they are what they are. And it's going to depend on how players like Romanov and Savard kind of fill out that lineup. The goaltending still the same. I don't think that makes a difference. But letting Kotkaniemi walk means that what you tried to do three seasons ago has failed. We've been talking about big centers in Montreal for years now. I don't think I was born and we were still talking about Montreal needing a big center. And they don't have. They they don't have. They don't have big centermen. But they needed a centerman. Kotkaniemi fills that role. Right? He does. He is what he is. He's a big centerman. He's 6'2", 198 pounds. Not massive. Right? He's not 230 or something. But he fits the position of what you're looking for. And the reason he went third overall is because Montreal absolutely wanted to draft a centerman. Right? And I know the hindsight is a perfect 2020 here, okay? I know that. But look, let's be honest. They weren't drafted Brady Kachuk, right? Everybody wants to reference how good Brady Kachuk is. They weren't going to draft him. They were going to draft Zadina, right? <laughs> let's be honest. So that was neither here nor there for me. I'm not going to let Kotkaniemi walk. Not now, because you're not going to replace him via free agency. And you have little to no chips to trade with. Okay, because you let Philip the no walk, which was, by the way, a good idea considering how much money he got paid in LA. So, if I remove Kotkaniemi from the center position on this team, okay, Nick Suzuki is your top center. Who knows who's your second center? Okay, Jake Evans is your third line center, which is pushing it, and Cedric Paquette is your fourth line center. That's your center core. Okay, let's stop this conversation right now about Jonathan Drouin playing center, okay? We've been here, we've done that, 
It didn't work. The last thing Jonathan Drouet needs is to bear that responsibility for a position that he just doesn't play. He's not a centerman. He's a winger. Stop trying to convert wingers to center. Stop it. He, he, he can't do it. He can't do it. He can't. So we can't do this. So letting Kotkaniemi walk means that you're not replacing the exact position you tried to replace three drafts ago. What are you going to do here? What are you going to do? I've heard everything. but Honestly, I've heard it all. Let's tackle the first one, okay? Ryan Paling. Give Paling a shot. Perfect. Where are you going to put him? Straight from the AHL to the second line? Come on, man. That's not it for him. That's not it. I, I mean, look, Paling is a good player. He is. He's a really good player. I haven't seen much from him, right? And we've seen so little from him that Habs Brass was willing to give Jake Evans, right, that fourth-line spot, and they went out to get Cedric Paquette. So if they really thought Evans could be something, well, they're not out here trying to acquire all these centermen, right? It's just not it. It's not. So I think... I think Paling could be your third center at best, which which does which doesn't fix your problem because you have nobody to play in the top six. Jake Evans is not a top six centerman, and God not Cedric Paquette. So Ryan Paling experiment to me is not it. It's not. I'm sorry. Stop it. Stop saying that it is. Can he showcase his skill? Yes, but I just don't think he's going to be a top six centerman in the NHL. At least not today. And I haven't seen much. And I don't think he's on par with Philip Deneau. Not at all. I don't. So, if anything, he's a worse version of him. And in my mind, Philip Deneau, you know how I feel about him. He was not a top six centerman. He was in Montreal because, I mean, everybody loved that he could win faceoffs. But he's not a top six centerman. He's not, he does not produce like one. Which is why I was perfectly fine with letting the LA Kings dish out a whole bunch of money to him. You want to take on a bad deal? Go ahead. So Ryan Paling is not it, okay? The second one, conspiracy, that we've all been trying to hear is that Montreal Canadiens are going to go out and acquire Jack Eichel. And man, I don't know what you put in the water, but that's that's not going to happen, okay? Let's come back down to earth here, okay? Let's get off the high chair that we're sitting on. Let's get off fantasy land and come back down to planet Earth, Okay? The Buffalo, I, I don't, look, I know the Buffalo Sabres are the team that we kind of like to laugh at, right? Because they're a really bad team, right? They're in a really tough Atlantic division. They're probably going to finish last in the NHL, and they're still going to pay Jeff Skinner $9 million for a bunch of years. I know they're the laughing stock of the NHL, and they're probably going to continue to be. They're a really bad team. The city of Buffalo, not even a great place to visit. You guys know how I feel about Buffalo. It's not great. I don't like your city. Boring AF. And your team is even worse. Okay? They're not going to give Jack Eichel away. Okay, fam? This isn't NHL 99 where you just put a trade together and the computer doesn't stop you and says, yeah, sure, do it. No. It's not happening. Okay? The other team actually has a brain. And if Buffalo's going to move on from Jack Eichel, I guarantee you they're going to get full value for it. I don't care what your thought process is of him being hurt or disgruntled or what. doesn't matter. Buffalo's going to go out and get as much as they can for him because teams are going to line up and pay. They will, as they should. Jack Eichel, very good player. He's 24 years old. He's still got five years left on, his 10, on with, at $10 million. We still do a decent amount of pennies. 
And, like I said, he's 24. He can play the position. He's coming off a down year. The whole the whole organization was on a down year, okay? So let's not worry too much about that. Buffalo's going to want, and this has been reported, they want a roster player. They want a prospect, and they want picks, okay? <laughs> what Montreal player, if you let Kakanyemi walk, then you you can't trade that piece. Let's be honest, right? Can't trade it. So what player am I trading to Buffalo? Right. Let's again. Let's go through the example. You've now acquired two first round picks. You got a second round pick, and you got three third round picks. As Montreal also has Anaheim's pick. Remember that one. What are you like? What are you sending to Buffalo? Right. Assuming you're going to try to coit them with two first round picks. Okay. But those picks are essentially going to be high. At least at Buffalo, they'll feel like that's it. They're, they they will assume that Montreal will do well. Or they'll at least assume Carolina will, and they're going to get a mid-pick, okay? And I'm sure Montreal is going to lottery protect their pick, okay? Just in case they have a terrible season. Who's the player you're trading? The prospect. Well, you only got three. Three real players, right? Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, and Alexander Romanov. Well, I'm going to tell you straight up, I'm not trading any of those players in any package, for Jack Eichel. I won't. I won't trade Nick Suzuki because, I mean, let's face it, you can't. <laughs> can't do it. Nick Suzuki's a very complete player and he could be elite in a couple of seasons. He's 22, okay? He's going to, and by the way, Nick Suzuki, final year of his contract this year, is an RFA next season. Players in their RFA or last year of their contracts tend to, I don't know, perform. I don't know what it is. It's, it's a magic science, right? I don't. I mean, it's funny how that works, right? Cole Caulfield's going to get his first chance to really play in the NHL, okay? He tore up Wisconsin. He played one game in the AHL. They're like, okay, fine. This is a joke, right? We sat him, remember? First, first round against Toronto, two games. Got into the lineup, never came out because that's how good he was. He's a good player. He's got a great shot, and he's only going to get better, Okay? He's 20, the kid, by the way. He's 20. He could win Rookie of the Year. He could. I'm not trading him. And honestly, Alexander Romanov, I don't think that's what the Buffalo Sabres are looking for. I really don't think so. He's a good player, but I don't think that's enough to push it for them. I really don't think that's enough. They have some good players on the team, right? Jacob Bryson's 23. Rosman Stalin's 21. I don't necessarily think they're, they're they're out here looking to add another defenseman. I really don't. So they're going to want a forward. And I'm not trading either one of those. And I mean, unless you can convince them to take any other player in that top six, I mean, they're not, I mean, look, they're not taking players like Brendan Gallagher and Jonathan Drouet and Josh Anderson and Tyler Toffoli or... Joel Armia or a Tory Lecker. They're not taking those players. So stop dreaming and stop coming up with your armchair GM trades that Buffalo won't accept. Okay. Buffalo's going to open up the roster and say, hey, I know what I'm looking for. And they're going to start with Suzuki and Caulfield. And they're probably going to want both picks, both first round picks. I'm not making that trade. I just, I'm sh- straight up, I'm not making it. I'm not. 
right? You'll you'll spend up to the cap, that's for sure, right? The commitment of Jack Eichel would be good. He's a great player. I'd love to see him in, in red, white, and blue. I'm not mortgaging the future to have this kid come over, okay? Not to mention, Jack Eichel is still dealing with his neck injury. He hasn't had surgery on it. He's not going to start the season. And good chance he lands on long-term injury reserve till what? The new year? If he doesn't get, like, it's September. And he's still feuding with the team about the rehab that's going on. It's a sticky situation for Eichel. But there's no chance that Buffalo's going to sell short on this kid. No way. They're not. So they're going to ask you for the moon. As they should, by the way. He's their top player. Get as many prospects as you can. Get as much as you can. Milk every penny you can. Every prospect, every pick that you can for a player. And there is a market for Jack Eichel. And any team that says they're not in is stupid. With the exception of the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning, because I don't know how they would make that math work. (laughs) Every other team would at least sit down at a conference table and say, okay, can we make this work? What would be our best offer? Or at least pick up the phone, right? Call Kevin Adams and say, hey, man, what would it take? Just a friendly conversation. But to be honest, there's a couple of teams that can do it. And letting Kotkin Yemi go does not increase your chances of acquiring Jack Eichel. Nothing increases your chances of getting Jack Eichel unless you're overpaying for him. So now we're back to square one here, okay? Now that we've stopped dreaming in color, okay? Now that you've woken up from your dream, Montreal's best bet is to just suck it up, bite the bullet, and say, fine, we'll pay you. And if you want to trade him, go ahead and do it, man. Because let's face it, okay? I mean, the relationship is probably... I mean, I'm sure Jeff Molson and Mark Bergeron are not happy with the agent and with the player. Is it a troll job? Yeah! Are they mocking the league? Mocking, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes mocking the hat? Yeah, it doesn't matter. But let's face it. Kakanyemi comes back to Montreal. The nice $6.1 million, man. You think Montreal's a hellhole to play in? <laughs> Try making $6.1 million and not producing. Right? Ask Carey Price what it's like to play in Montreal. Be a high prize, high reputable player, making a lot of money and not performing. Ask him what it's like. Kakanyemi has done nothing to earn that money yet. He's probably going to make what? 2.5, which is what I'm guessing the Montreal Canadiens were offering him. And now he's making triple that. And again, Good for him. He deserves every dollar of it. He got somebody to give him money. Whether you agree he deserves it or not, it's neither here nor there. If somebody offered me three times my money to do the same thing I'm doing, bro, I'm not even giving a two-week notice. I'm out. I'm out. Bye. I'm going. Get paid and move. That's the same thing. And again, good on Kotkaniemi for getting the money. And there's no player in that dressing room that's going to look at him and go, man, how could you? No. Shit, man. If I'm Nick Suzuki, I'm calling my agent and saying, yo, we're going to have a very interesting offseason next season, aren't we? 
He's the next one that's got to get paid. You don't think Nick Suzuki's opening his Twitter and going, oh, really? Nice. Okay. Because that's what agents do. They compare contracts. They compare age. They compare contracts. They compare numbers. So this puts the whole team in a sour situation. It means that Yasperi Kakanyemi's now got to pretend that he can earn that money. And that's a lot of pressure on a kid. A lot. And if you try to trade him, you can, like I said, accept the offer sheet and then try to move him during the season or before the draft next season. You could try to do that. It's unlikely, right? And I don't know why we're trying to give up on a 21-year-old kid. I don't understand what we're doing here in Montreal. I don't understand. Like, I get that fans and media, you know, they like to do that. They, What are you going to do? Where are you going to find another top six center? Can we let the kid play? Yeah, he got benched in the playoffs a little bit. Montreal likes to whip him a little bit. That's what they've been doing. And I, without knowing anything in the background, obviously, how much you want to bet Mark Bergevin played hardball with him? Remember like they did PK? And then all of a sudden PK got traded? Yeah. I bet you they played hardball with him, with Kakanyemi. Kakanyemi and his agent took their ball, went somewhere else, got the money, and turned around and said, here, figure it out now. That's probably what it was. I know there's things that they want the player to do better and improve and produce. But Kakanyemi is not a bad player. He's not. To be honest, maybe it's time we actually gave him some players. Let's stop playing him on the third line with Paul Byron and a Turi Lekkanen. How about we stop doing that? As of right now, if he slots into the second line center position, you could play with Jonathan Drouin, Brandon Gallagher, Mike Hoffman, Josh Anderson. Whatever you want. Play him with some players who can help him. Play him with some talent. No offense to Paul Byron and Turi Lekkanen and Yoel Armia, man. But you guys, like, those aren't talented players. They're good at what they do. They're really good at what they do. But they are not talent. They're not like players like Jonathan Drouin and what he can accomplish. It's not like playing with Tyler Toffoli, Cole Caulfield, or Brandon Gallagher, Mike Hoffman. Mike Hoffman can shoot the puck. Guess what? Get somebody to put the puck on his stick. There's a lot of things that can happen here. Give Kakanyemi the opportunity to succeed. And at that, at that point, it's in Montreal's best interest to do it and say, hey, man, you don't want to be here? Not a problem. You want to go play somewhere else and get your money? Like, if, if Mark Bergevin wants to take it personally, right, even though it's, you know, it's just business, he can do that. But why wouldn't you want your player to succeed so that you can get maximum value for him? Why wouldn't you want to do that? Right now, Kakanyemi's value is nowhere. It's nowhere. It's at the bottom of the barrel, right? Teams are opening up his stat page, looking at it and going, nah, I ain't signing. I ain't, I like, it's not enough to move the needle, right? He's a young kid with potential, but I mean, teams, sure, they'll pay for potential, but they're not going to overpay for it, right? I mean, only the Carolina Hurricanes thought it was a good idea <laughs> and they have history, right? Like I said, has Kakanyemi done anything to earn the amount of money he was given? No, of course not. He knows it. The whole world knows it. He had 20 points last season. <laughs> right? In 171 NHL games, he's got 22 goals. It's not crazy. Right? It's not crazy. 
He's a good player. I think he is. His playoffs weren't even that bad. It wasn't that bad. He's still a young kid, man. Let the kid grow. Can we stop dumping players so quickly? Even if you have two first-round picks, what are you going to do with them? What is the obsession with collecting draft picks, man? If you just let these players walk away for nothing anyways. Montreal and Mark Bursman, they're obsessed with draft picks. This is not the time to start retooling. Because remember, Mark Bursman doesn't use the term rebuilding. We use the term retooling. Can we stop doing that? We're three games away from winning the Stanley Cup, man. Trying to move forward. The window is slowly closing. Okay? It's about the end here for a couple of players. Carey Price included. I mean, look at Shea Weber, right? So, you've gone out and you've gotten players like, you know, Mike Hoffman. You did last season with Josh Anderson, Tyler Toffoli. You didn't sign these guys so you could be bad. You signed these guys so you could be good. So, be good. Give your team every chance to win. Stop trying to collect draft picks. You're not rebuilding, okay? We aren't the Arizona Coyotes here who are, I I mean, I guess their goal is to collect every single second-round draft pick and as many picks as humanly possible. I mean, they're just buying bad contract after bad contract. If you have a bad contract, talk to the Arizona Coyotes. Give Bill Armstrong a call and say, hey, bud, I'll send you a couple of picks. Here, take this. Take Andrew Ladd for me. Take Louis Erickson for me. Take all this. Can you do that for me? Speaking of the Arizona Coyotes, right? A lot of talk. Hey. Let Jesperi Kakanyemi walk and then trade for Christian Dvorak. <laughs> cool. So we're going to go get an older version of Kakanyemi. It's going to save you $2 million. Uh, this year, but you're on the hook for four more years at 4.45. Is that the best deal out there? No. Don't tell me that it is either. Right? We're talking about Clayton Keller. That's a whole other conversation, but we don't have enough money for him. Right? And he just signed a long-term deal, Clayton Keller. So I don't think he's going anywhere. Right? He signed a big eight-year, $57 million contract. He's not going anywhere. Okay? And I don't think Christian Dvorak is so much better that we got to start handing out more picks. What are we going to do? Trade another second-round pick? I don't think they let Dvorak go for a second-round pick. I think it might cost more than that. Right? Because other teams are going to look and say, hey, you you, you have assets. How much do you want? (laughs) You know? How much are you willing to give up of those assets to get something done? And they're going to know that Montreal's in a tough situation. To me... I think the easy play here is to just bite the bullet, sign Kotkaniemi, and then you have all season to decide what you want to do. That's it. Maybe Kotkaniemi turns it around and has 55, 60 points this season. Maybe. Who knows? If he does, then what do you do? That is $6 million contract. Don't look that bad, right? You're going to qualify him that. He might take it. He might. He may finish the year with 30 points. Then you're going to have to qualify him at $6 million again. I mean, hey, at that point, you want the player to perform. And I think for Kakadiebi, it's definitely a question of wanting to do that, right? Wanting to get it done. 
Because like I said, you go out and, and you get paid, kid. Go out and get paid. But now you got to earn it. Because your next one's going to have to be earned. Right? You can't just keep walking to another team in an RFA and get an offer sheet. Right? I don't think we're going to see Carolina do it again. I don't think we're going to see any other team do it again. Right? It's not going to happen. But this idea that you're going to acquire Jack Eichel for a bunch of picks is no way. Like, again, stop dreaming. Stop it. You can't do this. I know they're barely an NHL team, but they have a general manager who at least has a cognitive, you know, the ability to understand how trades work. And he's not just going to give that player away. He's not. Regardless of how disgruntled Eichel is, and especially with his medical condition right now and the neck, and we don't even know what's going on, and when surgery happening, and when is he going to be on the eye, we don't know. So this isn't a Montreal state. It's a lose-lose situation for Montreal, right? If you let him go, if you let Kakanyemi go, you got a huge hole on your second line, and you really got nothing to replace him with at this point in the year. You got to ride that out. You're going to get absolutely torched in the Atlantic Division, buddy. You're going to get absolutely torched. Torched. Okay? It's not going to work. You know, if you sign him, well, now you've pushed your team all the way up to the cap. And you got to qualify him again for $6 million next year. It's basically a two-year, $12 million deal. That's basically what it is. It's not good. It's not great. But I would I would much rather do that and say, fine, man. You're Mark Bergevin, take Swallow your pill, right? You want loyalty? Buy a dog. You didn't get it from your player. He wasn't loyal to you, and he doesn't have to be. He said, fine, man. Here, we're going to qualify you. We're going we're gonna to accept the offer sheet, right? We're going to take it because we want you to be here. We'll pay you the money. Now go out and do it. Put the onus on the player. Say, hey, go out now. We want you to be here. Even at a stupid amount of money, we're not going to let you go. And hey, if he had to use another team to get paid the same way Sebastian Ajo did, nobody in Carolina is looking at Sebastian Ajo going, oh my God, he got it from somebody else. What a traitor. No, nobody talks about it anymore. He used another team to get paid. The team accepted it and said, it's fine. That's, that's hey, it's a business, right? Remember the cliche? It's a business. Players need to get paid. GMs are in the business of trying to manage the salary cap, get everybody under it, or at least go over it while still being compliant. And that's what Montreal's got to do here. But letting Jesperi Kotkaniemi walk would be a mistake, just flat out. And, I mean, there is there is literally almost no argument you could make where letting him go and being able to replenish your center position makes sense. Without dreaming of Jack Eichel. None. There's no possibility. None. At least not in September now, right? We're in September. We're a month away from the beginning of the regular season, okay? We have no time here to start trying to figure out how we're going to plug our second center. You know, where are we going to get them from? Via trade? There's nobody in free agency left, right? There's nobody. There's nobody in the free agency pool that I'm looking at going, uh, yeah, he can do the job. So... Since there's not that many players who would do the job, why don't we, right? Why don't we accept fate, accept what's happened here, and say, okay, look, it's not what we want. It's not how we wanted this to go, but we we have we have to do something. 
We have to do something. We have to make this work. And Kotkaniemi is better in the Habs lineup than not. He's certainly better in your lineup than in Carolina's lineup. Certainly. Right? You don't want him going somewhere else and getting better, right? Which we know happens a lot for Montreal players, right? They go somewhere else, all of a sudden they get a whole lot better. It's unfortunate, but we can't let that happen, okay? That's my take on this. Accept the qualifying offer, bite the bullet, and try to make this work, man. Stay together for the kids, really, right? Do it for the kids. That's my take on it, fam. That's how I feel about it. Let me know what you think, man. Tell me why. Again, man, send me your terrible takes. I'll listen. I guarantee you, man. You send them to at FuzzyChris91 on Twitter. You can send them to at Slapshot Podcast as well. Make sure you go ahead and do that. Um, yeah, thanks for hanging out with me, man. I, I Again, I really appreciate all of you taking the time to listen. I know a lot of you were asking me about the podcast. When's it coming back and everything? I appreciate that. I really do. So it's back for the season. Okay, September is here. There's lots of hockey talk to go back. So again, if you're not following on your preferred platform go ahead and do so subscribe to the podcast wherever you enjoy podcasts that way you'll get new episodes downloaded straight you'll get notified when new ones are up like i said in september we'll do one every week after that in october once every two weeks kind of pace out here i'm just gonna have a little bit of fun all right again thank you so much for being here i appreciate you all okay i love you and we'll talk again next week